Welcome to Navigating Real Estate, where we discuss the skills, strategies, and success mindset you need to become a top producing real estate broker. I'm your host, Ryan Bucola. Every month, we are inundated with the latest statistics about the real estate market. Headlines scream at us about median home prices, inventory fluctuations, job reports, inflation, interest rates. But what does it all mean to the average consumer? How does a seller or buyer make sense of what they are hearing and reading? And how do real estate brokers stay current so they can advise their clients? I'm excited to have Sherry McRitchie here today to help us break it all down. Sherry McRitchie has been a real estate broker in Bend, Oregon since 1991. Over the years, she's watched Bend grow and change. She has helped hundreds of clients sell and purchase homes in every market condition possible. From the little town we were in the 90s to the downturn in the early 2000s to today, where demand and prices have never been higher, Sherry is truly an ambassador for the Central Oregon lifestyle. Her clients often refer to her as the walking, talking chamber of commerce. And when it comes to understanding the local market, Sherry is one of the best. She has weathered the ups and downs and has a keen understanding of what a home is worth in any market. Sherry's long, ex- long-time experience in the industry really sets her apart. You know she will always give you an honest recommendation based on the numbers and the facts she knows so well. Wow. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. That's awesome. 1991. Yes. Crazy, huh? How many people were in Bend in 1991? Oh, probably 12, 10 or 12,000. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what a change, huh? Yeah. What a change. Yeah. But it's still a small town. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know when I got here in 08, it still felt like a small town. It felt like you could shoot a bowling ball down Wall Street and not hit anybody. Well, that's because we just had gotten into 07. Because <laughs> everybody was gone. <laughs> everybody was gone. Yeah. Let's talk about the headlines and what we're hearing in the news right now. It's got to be confusing for buyers and sellers. I mean, it's confusing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of information to you know process. What are you hearing from your clients? Well, it's not so much what I'm hearing from my clients, but it's what I'm seeing out there that I'm reaching out to my clients and saying, hey... Do you understand what is happening here? Because you read about median list price, median sales price, how many, how the market's down, how the market's down. And then all of a sudden, oh, the market's up, and it's it, it's hard for a con- it's hard for us, as you say, to understand what's happening. And it's hard for consumers, I think. So when someone says to me, "This house has been on the market for eighty days," I don't think we should offer full price. And reality, there's only like three houses in the whole area that they want to live in available. And on that day, it's a nice sunny day. And sure enough, we write an offer and there's two other offers that happen. So that's what's happening. And so my clients needed to be educated that, hey, this 80-day marker is not an accurate reflection. We have to look at what you're buying and how that looks today and with how we determine how we move forward. So they ended up not getting that house. They did get another one, but they spent a lot more money for it. And they're happy. It'll be it'll be a good home for them. But reality was we had to kind of, I had to back them off of that. Oh, it's 80 days. So it has to be, you know, it should be less. And it wasn't, it was more. That thought process that, oh, this is stale or overpriced because it's it's been sitting. 
Because we've had so many houses that what last summer, you know, two days, three days, five days, and they were gone. So that day, those days are gone. Yeah. I watch what's happening on a daily basis, as I'm sure you do. And I see, you know, there's 10 new houses on the market today. Oh, well, there's 15 pendings and there's 10 closed. If you do the math, that math does not equate to enough inventory to keep our prices low. Yeah. If inventory starts picking up more, you know, it's, it's economics. Um, by how, what the inventory is. That's number one thing that's important. And Yeah. I read this morning that we're still, we are 27% down in inventory from pre-COVID time. Yeah. So 2019, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. 20, we're down almost 30% in inventory. Yeah. And, yeah. and that is going to equate to higher prices. So we hear a myriad of terms around home prices and they can be conflicting. Sometimes you hear median price, other times it's average price or timeframes for, for trends are different. They can be month to month or year over year, but that's not always clear in how the data is presented. As brokers, how can we best educate our clients on the terms that they're hearing and seeing every day? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think the average person understands that they say you know the the what the average list price right now is 980,000 and some people might go well I can't afford that and never go forward not realizing they are really more in the $650,000 range which there's a few more homes than that so it's really hard because when someone's looking at those numbers they're thinking oh I can't afford that or they're thinking you know well if that's the price I don't know um I, I'm trying to figure out a good example. If that's the price, then then there must be something better for me out there. Or you know, the the mind thought the mindset is different because that's not the closed price. That's not the list to sales price. You know, you can look at list to sales price as a really good example. If something is listed for something and the sales price is less, and all of a sudden the list to sales price is you know eighty three percent. We know some of us real estate agents out there have been pricing our houses, our homes too high, and so the market had to they had to fall enough for the market to absorb them. That's not happening right now, unfortunately. Right. But those those little pieces, those little snippets, are what um, the consumer needs to know about. And until they're actually in that experience, they're not really understanding it. I don't think. You know, I had somebody I showed them a little house couple nights ago. And, you know, they're like, well, what do we offer for this house? And I said, well, this house, there are two houses on the market in this price range, period. You're going to have to at least offer full price. And, you know, they kind of went away, really? Why would, you know, isn't, aren't you supposed to negotiate this? Like cars, aren't you supposed to negotiate it? And, you know, it depends on the price range, what you can negotiate and the terms, as you know, and the ability of a buyer and how strong they are. All of those pieces come into play for a buyer. And for a seller, you know, they, this was the interesting thing for me. So my neighbors put their house on the market the other day. Well, a month ago now. And um, I go, oh, as I, the agent's putting the sign up, I go, how much is it, how much are you listing it for? 1.1. I go, oh, really? Okay. So I went back home and I looked up my house, same builder, same age, diff slightly different floor plan, right on the same street. And I looked and Zillow had my house at um, 865000 And... Homebot, another source that we use, had my house at a million one, no, a million fifty, and I'm like, this was a couple of days later. I'm like, 
as a cons- and this these people with their house on the market for 1.1. Well, three weeks later, after a couple snowstorms and no activity, because I live right down the street, they took it off the market because I don't know what they were thinking. I'm not that good of friends with them to say, you know, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. But I think they were like, oh, it's spring break. Maybe I can test the market and see if, if some crazy person that has a lot of money is just going to come and buy my house. And yeah. you know, it didn't happen. It's apparent that that, uh, that part, that segment of the, of the sales cycle is over. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's uh, it's time to really get real. And I think where, where, uh, where I've been seeing it is in the, um, in the smaller square footage houses that are pushing 900 to a million dollars. There's a couple that I've been watching that are new construction in, in on the West side of Ben that, you know, when money is 3% and let's just say you borrow a million dollars at 3%, that's $3,000 a month, just rough, right? Now we're at 6% or six and a half. You're at, you know, you're at $6,000 a month, right? So there's a pretty considerable shift in perception of value about what you get for your money for your money as rates increase. Yes. Yeah. Well, and now rates came down just a little bit a couple of days ago, I noticed. But the thing is what I tell all my clients, especially buyers, I first tell them, it's never a waste of my time to show you a house. I don't care. Because I need to know what's out there inventory-wise, but also they need to start seeing what the value is, what their money buys them, because there is a dis- a slight disconnect from what a consumer thinks that they should get for a million dollars and what's available on the market right now. And and it also is, you know, I, I kind of always go back to price, location, and condition. Those three things are really something that isn't really worth let's say, let's use a million dollars just what we're talking about, really isn't truly worth a million dollars. On the east side, could be on the west side just because we have this diversity that's still going on. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just think that's phenomenal that, that we still have that going on, but we do. And so here we have somebody wanting, you know, something for a million dollars on the east side, and I saw it come up in the market, I went, Really? On that street, they want a million dollars? Well, I know that street, you know, like 10 years ago, it was 325000 right. And now they're wanting a million dollars. And then there's something on the west side, like you said, you know, it's 900 square feet, but it's a million dollars. But that appeals, there's a certain market that's going to appeal to that. There's a little niche that's mm-hmm. um, out there. And that is the markets that come from other areas, Seattle, yep. you know, or LA, San Francisco, those markets seem to feed our higher prices. I sold a house last year to someone who had sold their house in um, Wyoming for $6 million and they came and got something for a million plus. And, yeah, you know, we're seeing that all through the Intermountain West and Pacific Northwest, right? Like, yeah. you know, you look at Jackson Hole to Victor and Driggs where the you know, in Jackson Hole, the billionaires are pushing out the millionaires and yeah. the millionaires are going over the hill to Idaho. And it's, um, and we're just seeing that Bozeman, Missoula bend. Yeah. And um, we, those markets are, you know, I would say that they're somewhat dependent on outside money. Mm-hmm. Right. So when money's flowing elsewhere, LA, Seattle, San Francisco, those markets are usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to see if we go into this, if we go into a recession, yeah. we'll see how that money spigot affects 
values in in these places where we've seen huge huge appreciation yeah. and, I, and i think boise right now is you know kind of like bend was in 08 like on exactly the, on totally the front end yeah yeah yeah. And, and and it was really affordable, like, you know, 10 years ago, super yeah. affordable. You know, you could get something for like 300000 in Boise. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. and now, you know, it's yeah. definitely different. Yeah, it's an interesting place. Uh, when you're working with clients, what are the key metrics that you, that are value, most valuable in your conversations? Um, well, I think I kind of talk about the, um, as far as metrics, I guess I'm not really sure what you're asking, but... I'm thinking about what I have. Benchmarks as far as, you know, days on the market, price per square foot, you know, stuff like that. What what are you seeing out there? Um, I kind of try to get an idea of like price per square foot I've never used ever. It's one of those things I think it shouldn't even exist Mm -hmm. because something can be, you know, 25 years ago, I sold something for $300 a square foot. No one could thought that would ever happen, but it happened. Northwest Fifth Street, cute little cottage. You know, it was like 600 square feet. They sold it. And it was a dollar per square foot that, you know, I had to argue about to an appraiser about. And I'm like, look at the look at the finish work in here. Look at you know the location. Look at all these pieces. And so I think that's crazy. Two houses on the same street, and one is built by a different builder. The price per square foot, what you're getting for your dollar. That's why as a, a like for a buyer, I I want you to see these houses. I want you to see what you get. You know, do you get wood frame windows? Do you get because it's really in the end it all work. It all comes down to their personal choice, but they can start to. It's it's like shopping for a car. Mm. You know, years ago I wanted to buy a suburban. I looked at all the suburbans and you know, they were they were okay and I'm like, "Whoa, they're so expensive." And then one popped up on in Redmond. I rode my bike over and I bought it. My <laughs> husband went, "What?" And I go, "Yeah." I looked at we saved $3,000 and it is kind of that's what happens with homes as well. You're you're shopping, you're looking and all of a sudden you go, "Whoa, there's a lot of value that right. I'm getting that I wasn't getting." And it, you don't see on paper you don't see it on paper. Yeah. And the, you know, the internet, when the internet came into being, like what, 2003 or so? <laughs> when was that? I don't know. Ask but I remember I remember someone saying, you know, well, I'm looking online at houses and I thought, that's never gonna work. <laughs> you know, but they came to me with a list of like five houses that they had seen online. And because I just thought that's never gonna work. But it did work to their benefit. And that now we use, we use that right. with professional pictures. You know, those things are really, I've really changed in our industry. So I think I really talked to them about um, location. I kind of tried to, um, I, I kind of tried to center it around what they want because location, so they may want West Side. And years ago, I'd be like, you want West Side? You can't afford West Side, but maybe you can't afford Southwest Side. And so you kind of have to direct them. Now there are these little pockets, Midtown. There's all these other little pockets that are are starting, well, have been, quite frankly, re- redeveloping themselves mm-hmm. because they have to. And so I feel like I really tried to center it on um, what, Let's go back to what's most important to you, because I think that's that's the bottom line for them. And once we have that, we find it for them. But it is a process. Yeah. It's a three-step process. Yeah. You ever, have you ever told people? That? No, let's hear it. What okay. are, what's your three-step process? Okay. You don't really know what you want. You're looking. You know, I want to live in Bend, Oregon. You know, where is Bend? Oh, yeah, it's got great weather, whatever. You don't know what you want. That's the first step. And you get a realtor. And I used to watch people use three realtors. And my my 
always my tell, I tell my people, you don't need three, you just need one. But it is processed, so you don't know what you want. Then you go, oh, okay, I need 2,500 square feet and, you know, good schools and, you know, um, I don't know, maybe this price range, I don't know what my money buys me yet. So we look around and they go, oh, I really like this neighborhood and I really don't like this neighborhood and I really like this area. And it, it's, it's that's the second step that you're you're processing this is what's important. I, I want to live in this area. But then maybe as a realtor, you say, well, this area is a lot like this area. You might really like this area. And they might go for that. And But you never know. Then the third step is, oh, here it is. Some A lot of times my clients find their own house because right. we, we've been looking, they're looking, and all of a sudden it pops up and they go, hey, what about this house? And literally I say, okay, get out your checkbook because yeah. that's the third step. Good. It's just yeah. the commitment part. I always feel like people um, work hard to, they really, we all see the negative when we look, right? And so when the when the positive shows up, it's like, you know, it's this beam of light as we walk through and show properties. People are like, nope, 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 maybe nope, nope, nope. And then it's like, oh, this is the one, right? It's just, yeah. it shows itself. Yeah, it, it's it's the fun part yeah. of our job. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the conversation like, hey, let's not focus on what you like. Let's like focus on what you don't like and then what you like will show up. So exactly. Let's talk about um, home search apps like Zillow and HomeBot. These are, they're great service tools. You talked about people finding their own houses. You know, people, I know when I'm ready to buy something, I get obsessive about it and I just go deep and I look, 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 look. And then, you know, they call us and say, Hey, I want to see this or this looks really good. Or can you go check it out? We know as brokers that, they can be far from accurate. Um, how do you manage this as a broker? It's communication. You just have to talk them through it. You know, someone might say, oh, I really, I, this house looks so good. And I said, let's drive out there. You need to see this area before you make that decision. Cause it's, you know, it's 18 miles from Bend. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you don't, you're not seeing that, you know, yeah. and, I, and the marketing tools we use today, I mean, realtors are honest about them, but the marketing tools are, you know, they're also kind of in a bubble. You know, somebody sent me something the other day and they said, what about this? And I said, well, you know, the one thing they don't mention in here is square footage. And sure enough, it was like 741 square feet. <laughs> you know, they didn't see that because yeah. it's not listed. And yeah. I said, it would show that. It would say that yeah. there was something there. They hide the ashtray, yeah. right? Yeah. And they take the pictures. <laughs> exactly. exactly. What do you think the biggest challenge you're facing with sellers is today? I think the biggest challenge is what is your home really worth? I think innately sellers know. We know. We all know. You know, but then you get a realtor that comes in. I mean, I, this happened to me in the 90s. I wasn't a realtor then. We want to sell our house. We we knew what our house was worth. And our neighbor was a realtor. So we called her up. She came over and she goes, your house is worth, you know, this amount of money. We went, it is? You know, and they go, she goes, yeah. Well, seven months down the road, we hadn't sold our house right. because it really was the wrong price. And what happened in the last, I don't know, seven, eight months, I guess, is we saw prices go up. We saw them go up. And then we had, well, since the recession, the supposed recession, you know, when they started raising interest rates. So then we had a drop. But that drop wasn't so far down the mountain. That was just a little drop, maybe ba- maybe back to normality. So in January, when people are listing, I don't really think they should use use comps from, you know, before the drop to say mm-hmm. your house is worth that. I think they got to use January and use that yeah. That pers- that perspective. There's not a lot of data right now. Right. Yeah. There's not, and and you're you're so you put your house out there. You know, you get 
you know, three showings and you're excited and, you know, it, it listening to your realtor is really the best thing, you know, because reality is, is that time and price, location and condition, those things are the five pieces that yeah. make a difference. Yeah. Um, so they just have to, how realistic they want to be, I think, you know, if they're moving out of the area, they're probably going to be more realistic. If they're buying something else, you know, moving sideways or up, they and they have to sell something, they might be more realistic. But if they're like, oh, we want to see if the some spring break crazy person will come and buy our house, you know, that's a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. And 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 they're just gonna come away dissatisfied that their realtor didn't do their job. Yeah. Yeah. I was having a conversation yesterday about, you know, in the cycle of marketplaces and sales, this this cycle, feel this part feels to me a little reminiscent of the 08, 07, 08, where it takes people a fair amount of time to come to the understanding that their stuff, the things that we own just aren't worth what we think they are most of the time. You know, there are sites parts in the sales cycle where sales cycle where everything is on fire and you can't go wrong with pricing. But if you miss that, then it it's a real come to Jesus about what things are actually worth and all of the things that we buy on the way up are usually aren't worth what they were on the way down. And it ta- it's it's a process and we watched people in in 0708 you know, go in $5,000 increments and like chase it down and never get ahead of it. And so I'm not quite sure where we're at today, but it just feels like there's just not a lot of movement. And, and I think that we've had interest rates increase a hundred percent Yeah, and, you know, something that's worth, um, that 3% money, that asset isn't worth the same at 6% money. It just isn't, exactly. you know, it just isn't. So it's really interesting to but see. But then you add inventory. Right. Demand and supply. Exactly. And, we don't have and, any inventory. And when there's no so inventory, it might be worth more than it was, yeah. but maybe not quite as much. Yeah. But yeah, May of 2007, the market shifted and mm. literally it was like May 19th. Oh. My client called me, he says, dump my house now. now. We wrote, we've lowered it yeah. 35,000 and we sold it immediately. Yeah. And I kept thinking the buyer was going to back out because why wouldn't it was you? Just, Cause once it starts to move, yeah, it moves. And that's kind of true in our market. We're kind of like this. I really feel like we're a lot like the stock market and I think real estate is real time. So you can tell somebody your house is worth, you know, 500,000 today. Mm-hmm. It's real time. But, you know, 60 days later, they call you and say, you know, we want 500000 and it could be worth six hundred, yeah, or it could be worth four fifty, yeah. And that people have to be, understand it's real time. It's just like the stock market. It goes up and down. You know, my yeah. stock, I bought a stock and it fell down $3 and I went, oh man, and then it went up 20. So yeah. it goes that way. And that's why having your pulse on what's happening in the market is a huge piece of it. It's a huge piece. If your stock went up net $17, I need some stock tips from you, (laughs) Sherry. So let's talk about some of the headlines from the media and how confusing some of that stuff is. Yeah. What do you got? Well, so I was reading something the other day about some statistics and I went, this market's spiraling. And then then I read, this market's surging. And I'm like, Just on the what, very next what article? does spiraling and surging mean? So I looked them up. Spiraling is going in a circle up and down. And surging is like an ocean swelling up and down. I thought, 
they're talking about two different markets, but they're saying the same thing with different words. And I thought, I didn't even know that. Because mm. I had in my mind, spiraling might be going up and surging might be going down, which is totally not true, which was blows my mind. Right. And then you kind of go um, mean and median. You know, what's the mean average or mean price as far as the mean and or median or the average price? Like, yeah. So the median, I kind of went, okay, do I really understand what median is? And I don't think median is a word that should be in our market, mm. honestly. Mm -hmm. Because if you go, okay, I've got... I'm doing a market analysis for a seller because he wants to know what his house or she is going wants to know what their house will sell for. So I got 10 comps. So the median price of that is right in the middle of that. So I, I don't know the numbers, but it's right in the middle. Right. You know, there's 10, five houses are, that are higher and five houses are lower. But the average price of those five houses, 10 houses that they're exactly like or similar to this house is higher. So you think median price is a better reflection, but not really. It just means that five houses were lower than five houses were higher. Mm. Where do you see us headed in the next six months? Um, well, I do a lot of reading, and everybody says this third and fourth quarter are going to be better. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. I would, love it when they say that. I know. I love that. Because then it's like, what are we supposed to do all summer? Yeah. You we'll know? go ride our bikes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... I tend to kind of go to 2024, and the reason I do is it's an election year, and I've watched election years for years, and I think election years, by the time we get to mid early summer in election year, people go, people, they don't, politicians, and unfortunately so much is run by politicians instead of economics, politicians don't want to be um, beholding to a bad market, and so I think we'll see um, prices go up and interest rates go down. And then you add into into a, a factor. I think we have more people on the world than we in mm -hmm. the US than we used to. Just lots of demand. Yeah, there's a lot of demand and there's still a lot of demand for like Central Oregon because where else can you live? You, yeah. you can go skiing in the morning and you can you know, play pickleball on a sunny afternoon. Exactly. So exactly. It is a different market from that, uh, from other markets. But I do think 2024 will be a big year. You heard it here. Sherry says 2024. Thank you very much for joining us. It's well, been a really great conversation. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us on Navigating Real Estate. Listen, follow, drop us a review. Your feedback means a lot. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to share it.